0: Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. Have you ever wished you could discover some secret buried something or other in the wall of your house or in the yard outside that would be worth a ton of money and let you retire forever? Well, a New Jersey man has had something like that happen. Richard Gilson was doing remodeling on his home for the last two years and he was digging a hole in his backyard in Wildwood, New Jersey, and he encountered what at first he thought was tree roots, but then he realized, no, this is a container. Inside the container, rolled up 10 and $20 bills all with the exact same date on them, 1934. So Gilson says he believes somebody went under there with a little shovel and buried the money either hiding it from someone or they'd stolen it or just wanting it not to be in the banks or whatever, but $1,000 worth of 1934 bills. You know, Somewhere during the Depression, somebody put their money into a pile of dirt in the backyard of his home instead of wherever else they had it. And of course, what this immediately raises for people is the idea of, you know, well, how much would $1,000 buy you today? Well, it's about 22000 based on the changing consumer price index or just the value of things. Of course, it's actually a good illustration of the exact opposite since $1,000 buried in 1934 would have then been worth $22,000 worth of stuff. But today is only worth 1000 which is a good example of why, you know, burying money in the backyard over the long haul is a pretty bad way of investing. But I was super curious about other commodities and what would have happened if he had exchanged it for things that increased in value. For example, a gallon of gasoline. Now, it is hard to bury 5,263 gallons of gasoline in 1934 at 19 cents a gallon, agreed. And gasoline isn't stable over the long haul, but at $4 a gallon today, that'd be about 21,000. Weirdly, almost the exact same as the general overall price of inflation gold although right around that time it might have been illegal to own it was 3469 an ounce so you could have bought 29 ounces of gold which today at 1744 an ounce would be About $50,000, so that would have been a pretty good investment. Or burial, if you prefer. Silver, similar problems with the law. uh, Well, slightly different, but still, some issues with the law. At $0.25 an ounce, you could have bought 4,000 ounces, which today at 1922 an ounce would be $76,000, so actually a better investment than gold. If he'd have gone down to the local stock trader and asked him to buy him 10 shares of the Dow Jones Industrial Average at $100 a share, which you can't buy shares of the Dow, but, you know, follow with me for the example... A mutual fund, had they existed. In today's value, the Dow, if you kept on converting things, don't worry me on the details. Today's value of the Dow is $31,173 for a $311,000 value. That's the best investment so far. Again, ignoring some of the realities of what that would mean. And then the one that got me thinking was, well, what about parts of the Dow? You know, like Coca-Cola. $161 a share in 1934. It has split. Are you ready for this? 4,608 times. I mean, it was four, then three, then two, then two, and so forth. But you would have been able to buy six shares at the time. And running the math, that's 27,648 shares at today's $63 a share for a whopping $1,741,824. So if he'd only buried Coca-Cola shares, then it would have been really worth something. But to be fair, one of the other stocks in the Dow Jones Industrial Average in 1934 was Sears. And if he'd have bought Sears stock, well, what we'd have had today, Sears paper. So don't always assume that the guys in the past putting buried treasure in the ground are going to make you rich today. But at the very least, don't don't bury dollars. And now from the, oh man, that's a cool idea file, Airbnb has come up with one of the Most interesting, weird, creative things, they're calling it the OMG Fund or Oh My God Fund. It's a $10 million cash pot designed to incentivize people to build weird, unusual, unique homes to put into the Airbnb property market for rent for people. They actually have an OMG part of their listings where you can specifically look up unusual homes. And their thinking is we want to have more of these. They make people and us a lot of money. Let's fund them at $100,000 a piece. That's right. 100 different ideas, proposals, submissions will each be granted $100,000 to help build the strange thing that you're going to construct and then make available through Airbnb through rentals. Current unusual homes on Airbnb are things like a UFO house on stilts, a six-ton potato, which, by the way... Was a prop that the Idaho Potato Commission retired several years ago, and then a woman bought it for $32,000 and converted it into an Airbnb. She says she went from making $13 an hour to seeing about $208,000 in earnings in three years and then did a bunch of other things with properties. The typical Airbnb host makes about 13 dollars a year by comparison. So investing in weird homes is much better as an Airbnb strategy. There's also a giant boot on Airbnb. No, seriously, like you can move into the giant boot. It's very cute looking, by the way. And there's even a yellow submarine situated appropriately in the woods. I don't know. There's windmills. There's trains. There's all kinds of cool things there. But the point here is that as long as you get your application in before noon Eastern on July 22nd, in October, you'll find out whether your idea has been funded to be constructed. So if you're a creative person and you've always had some weird wingnut idea for a home that you don't mind not living in, $100,000 subsidy is available to help you build it if you're going to put it up for rent on Airbnb. Good luck. And finally, from the, you know, you just can't win a war of creativity with teenagers because they have a lot of free time and you don't file. Have you heard about the Gentle Minions Challenge? Yes, of course, it's a TikTok thing. But the basic idea is that teenagers, big fans or ironic fans or non-ironic actual fans pretending to be ironic fans, you take your pick, are going to watch Minions The Rise of Gru wearing suits and sometimes not just wearing suits or even formal wear, but smoking cigars. You're not supposed to do that. But the problem is that in some places, the teens have become rowdy and they've done damage to the movie theaters. And there's actually some places in the UK where this has become more of a problem where they're banning the wearing of suits for teenagers. In fact, the Odeon said due to recent disturbances following the hashtag gentle minions trend, any group of guests in formal attire will be refused entry for showing of minions. The rise of Gru. Thank you. Which sounds like a very corporate response to a problem that they're having, right? Especially when the problem you're suffering is that teenagers have made a trending challenge out of going to see a movie that you're selling them. Maybe just sit back and enjoy the free PR? But no, that's not how they think. They want to solve the problem. So they issue this ban. And how did the teens respond? Well, again, it's a little bit like censorship. If you tell kids they can't say these four words, they'll invent other words. By the way, that's pretty much a summary of the entire history of profanity, but I digress. So, a group of teens did what you would think they did. They put suits on underneath the tracksuits and they went to the theater, snuck in, filmed themselves. Then, in the opening credits, they took off the tracksuits. They were wearing their full suits and watched the whole movie and were very proud of themselves for what they did and then film themselves leaving the theater afterwards. Now, look, I understand that the Odeon and others want to prevent property damage and they want to cut down on hooliganism and all that. But at the same time, if the biggest problem that your society is facing is that teenagers want to dress in suits and go to a movie theater, I think we've arrived. Like, that's the pinnacle of everything. Don't discourage them. Find a way to capitalize on it. Maybe offer them jobs in this market. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. And consider subscribing to the digital and print editions of Newsweek and this podcast if you haven't already. While you're here, hit the five-star rating. The minions approve. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break brought to you by Newsweek.